For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. All right, baby. Let's talk about Wisconsin. Number 19, Penn State goes on the road. Beats number 12 opening weekend. That's what I'm talking about. I... I'm surprised. Were you surprised? Well, it sounds like you're still fired up, man. But, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I, look, I am. Oh, pay dirt! Pay dirt! Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Pay Dirt Podcast. I'm Tom Hannafin. He is Matt McGloin. Penn State is 1-0. and oh, I know neither of us really were anticipating that to happen. Same with all the Fox pundits. Same with all the other experts. And I imagine a large percentage of the Penn State fan base. So Matt and I are pretty thrilled. We're really excited to be breaking down Penn State's 16 to 10 victory on the road at Wisconsin. That took place two days ago. We're recording this Sunday morning. Uh, we're also going to be looking ahead to the home opener against Ball State this Saturday. So a lot to get to here on the Pager podcast. But before we get to that, a reminder that it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season obviously as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season get all the updated odds props and contests including the internet's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest which is open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today or to receive your 100% welcome bonus in fact you'll get that as you sign up take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the Thursday September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Tom, I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to Balance 7. 
Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. And, you know, Tom, the older you get as an athlete, the longer you play, you know, it takes a while to recover. You know what I mean? And, and it just finding what works for you, whether it be more stretching, um, you know, some type of supplement that, that you may need to take, whatever will help you in recovery, you know, is is something that you need to find and whatever, again, whatever works for you. And, and for Lamar, it seems like he's found it. You know, you can see how balance seven has helped. You know, he looked good in this celebrity boxing match uh, against Aaron Carter. So head to balance seven.com and use the code believe B L E A V for free shipping balance seven.com and use the code believe for free shipping. I did. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Hey, Penn State fans, getting the best in Penn State apparel and gifts has never been easier. With a couple of clicks on your computer or phone, the student bookstore can make it happen. Whether it's the latest styles of Penn State apparel or great PSU items for your next tailgate, the Big Blue on the Corner has it all with great prices fast service, and a huge selection. Visit our new and updated website at thestudentbookstore.com or visit us in downtown State College on 330 East College Avenue. SBS is open seven days a week and always open at thestudentbookstore.com. All right, baby, let's talk about Wisconsin. Number 19, Penn State goes on the road, beats number 12 opening weekend. That's what I'm talking about. I've... I'm surprised. Were you surprised? Well, it sounds like you're still fired up, man. But, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I, look, I am. I, I am a bit surprised. There were some major concerns heading into this game, I think, for Penn State. Um, you know, and even in the first half, it seemed like those concerns you know, were still there. And those, those, those you know, uh, this game, that, that was Big Ten football, Tom. Right? And I think, you know, we can argue that that was the top two defenses in the Big Ten, maybe two of the top three you might be in right. the Big Ten this year. And, you know, looking ahead for both teams, I mean, does it get harder? I mean, Wisconsin has got a lot to figure out because uh, I had a chance to hop on the Blue White Illustrated postgame show uh, with Thomas Frankar, and we were talking about did Wisconsin lose it or did Penn State win it? And I was inclined to think that Wisconsin lost it because they had their opportunities to run away with it. Certainly the way they were literally running the ball down Penn State's throat, there seemed like a lot of opportunities for them to just run away with this. And defensively, that front seven played outstanding football. Um, I don't know if you put it all on Graham Mertz, but Paul Christ and company have a lot to figure out because that is a very good football team. I think they deserve the number 12 ranking, but They've got to go back to the drawing board because now the West is a big question. Iowa looked exceptional mm -hmm. yesterday, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but to your point, Matt, I, I would tend to agree with you. You never bet against Ohio State and the athletes they're able to put on the field, so that might wind up being the most athletically gifted defense that Penn State plays in conference. But, I mean, this Penn State defense, Matt, it reminded me of some of the great Penn State defenses of old. What did you think watching uh, the likes of Ellis Brooks, uh, Jaquan Brisker, and especially Arnold Ebiketti, the transfer from Temple? Yeah, you're right. And again, Tom, just finishing, you know, the discussion about those defenses. I mean, you're right. Ohio State athletically is more talented than anybody else in the Big Ten. But in terms of putting it together as a unit, that is some of the... And, and in week one, yeah. right? That is some of the best defensive units you're, you're going to see all year, not just in the Big Ten, 
but but throughout the entire country. And again, th- there were there's still some concerns there defensively. And and the guy I'll start with w- was Luketa because we talked about that. How's he going to be able to handle moving from the linebacker spot, moving to the defense the defensive end spot? I thought he looked good. He looked he strong. Did. He looked physical. The ability to use his hands and athleticism against those Wisconsin offensive tackles, man. And when you put a guy there that is that athletic, that is a tough, tough matchup for offensive tackles, man. And again, he looked good in the pass game. I think there were still some issues there with that front seven uh, against the run. But you look over Arnold Abichetti, he answered our question as well. You know, about the DN spots. I mean, again, at least in terms of the pass rush, he's fast. And, you know, when you're an opposing quarterback, Tom, and you know, and everybody in the stadium knows it's a pass, right? And you've played against two dogs at defensive end, you know, your movement and your depth in the pocket, it needs to be perfect. Defensive ends, Tom, they're taught to rush to the depth of the quarterback and the drops. And if you vary from that at all, and against two ends now, like Evaketti and Luketa, you know, you're going to be in some trouble as a quarterback. Yeah, and Brent Pry did a really nice job dialing up some different pressures, uh, mm-hmm. mostly in the second half. I think you could see them trying to get pressure with the front four and even the front seven in the first half. And well, listen, that's a good offensive line uh, in Wisconsin. They consistently churn out good offensive lines. Um, uh, PJ Mustafer had himself a nice game, was disruptive, kind of like you and I had talked about. Yeah. You maybe want to hear Derek Tangelo's name uh, called a little bit more. I would say he was quiet but did his job. Um, Nick Tarburton definitely stepped up. And uh, I like that you mentioned Luketa because one of the turning points in the game, and I do want to ask you about it, is Ellis Brooks gets ejected for targeting uh, very late in the game, fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, the guy who has been the star on the defense the entire day is out of the lineup um, and ejected from the game. Now Luketa moves back to the middle linebacker spot, the Mike linebacker spot. The biggest play of the game for Luketa was not actually getting to the quarterback. It was him jumping about 100 feet in the air to interrupt the flight <laughs> yeah. of one of Graham Mertz passes. That was a skinny post looking for DK. Sailed and, it high. Yeah, sailed exactly. it high because and, of it. And yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts on that because Luketa interrupted that pass, uh, even if Mertz just had to think about it and he sailed it. That could have been the end of the game right there if Wisconsin had not, if Luketa had not did what he did. I mean, how versatile of a player is Luketa to be able to do that, to play DN and then, and, hey, bro, go play linebacker now. <laughs> but that then that's true, Tom, because, look, your vision as a quarterback, you may be dialing in on the secondary and where your guy's going to end up, but out of your you know, peripheral vision, you can see you know, a, a white-colored jersey. You know, you can see that and say, this guy's jumping, man. I, I got to just, I have to tweak my arm angle here maybe a little bit to get it around this guy. I got to I gotta have a high release. I may have to put a little touch on this ball just to get it there. And Luketa did just enough to force Mertz to, uh, to sail that ball, man. What a play. And it's stuff like that that goes unnoticed, Tom. Right? That doesn't show up on, on a highlight. That doesn't show up in the stat book. Um but if you're watching, you know what that meant. And uh, going back to Ellis Brooks, I love what Joe Klatt said about you know the targeting call and, and about the ejection. I love that he went off uh, on the referees and, and just kind of the rules there, man. And, and the, the targeting call, it, it was nonsense, right? Again, there's a difference between just playing ball and trying to hurt someone or trying to take a cheap shot. And Ellis Brooks didn't do that, man. He, he was becoming a household name 
right throughout the course mm-hmm. of that game, man. And uh, he didn't do that. It wasn't a cheap shot. The kid was just playing fast. He was flying around the field all night. So, man, again, I'm glad, you know, Joe Clapp brought that up and, and talked about that. Yeah, I thought Clapp was outstanding on the call. Because, yeah. again, what is Ellis Brooks supposed to do? outside of Olay Graham Mertz and allow him to get more yardage or just kind of slowly shuttle him out of bounds. And I heard a clip from uh, Jason Fitz of ESPN going off about, hey, you know, if you're upset about the targeting rule, too bad. Um, And his point being safety of the players is far more important. I know you and I agree on that. However, the rule, it just... The, the, the penalty itself, the fact that the guy gets ejected from the game, the fact that he is now, uh, Ellis Brooks is disqualified from competing the first mm-hmm. half of the Ball State game. What do you think of those repercussions, and what do you think is the effect in the Ball State game with Ellis Brooks missing two quarters? Well, it just shows you how important he was to that team throughout the course of the game, man. As I mentioned, he was becoming a star, man. He, I mean, he was becoming, you know, as good of a linebacker, you know, as we thought he could be, you know what I mean? And again, like when you're a court and I I played quarterback Tom, when you're a quarterback and you become a runner, you're a runner. You know what I mean? Linebackers, D linemen, safeties, they wait for quarterbacks to run the football Mm -hmm. so they could get a good hit on the quarterback, man. And if you're not running towards out of bounds, which he wasn't doing, man, he's, he is a runner. It, 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 like the targeting call, like I get it. If you want to give him 15 yards, it's fine. But the ejection call, and now he's got to sit out, man. You're taking games away. You're taking plays away from this kid, from something that was, was not intentional at all. I mean, whether they're going to look at that moving forward and try to change that, I don't know. I mean, everything, again, everybody's trying to protect the quarterback. And I get it, man. I really, really do. But there's a difference. You know, uh, there was time to review it. Time to look at it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, it's tough, man. It's just tough. Yeah. Uh, we'll touch more on the the ramifications with the Ball State game a little bit later on here on the show. Uh, looking forward to Penn State's home opener. But um, obviously, you talked about quarterback play. Uh, Sean Clifford, we have talked about him at nauseum uh, going into this season. <laughs> he finishes the day 18 of 33, 247 yards. Uh, and a touchdown pass that was huge to Jahan Dotson for about 49 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, very much a tale of two halves. What did you think of Sean's performance? And do you think that atmosphere at Camp Randall played into maybe what happened to him in the first half? How about the under center early in the game? I know. I was going to say somewhere, <laughs> as you were calling Rutgers Temple, by the way, for Big Ten Network, I was like, McGloin's going to love this. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, because I, I again, I was calling Temple Rutgers for Big Ten Network. So I ha- when I got home, I uh, recorded and watched the Penn State game last night. And that was like the second or third call. He's under center. They do quick play action. He throws a strike outside, man. He, he looked good. The ball got out of his hand on time. He was accurate with it, man. And when you play in the shotgun so much throughout your career, the the footwork, everything is different under center. Um, and he looked good. He looked fast. I hope they do that more moving forward. Um, but again, I, I as I was watching it last night, I texted you and I'm like, man, they got shut down in the first half as an mm-hmm. offense. And it was beca- a lot because of what Wisconsin was doing. But, uh, you know, Sean Clifford looked very comfortable in this offense, I thought. He knew where he wanted to go with the football. I mean, you can actually see him going through his reads, Tom, you know, with his mm-hmm. eyes and and where his helmet was. He was going through his progressions, unlike last year, where I thought he was chasing reads a lot. 
right? He was going left to right, right to left, you know. Um, certainly was under a lot of pressure in the first half. And, you know, Wisconsin's defensive line, man, they were just getting after him every single time. And, and what they were doing, Tom, is a lot of games up front. And what I mean by games is stunts, right? Linebackers looping, defensive linemen looping and crossing up front and, and just creating a bit of chaos for Penn State's front five. The offensive line needs to communicate better and know that you're going to get games and stunts like that. Um, they have to protect gaps, stick to their responsibilities more, right? If a D lineman or a linebacker crosses your face, Tom, chances are somebody else is coming back around for you to block. Right. Yeah. You have to be more sound and pass pro. You have to be able to understand um, those games and those stunts. Right. So, OK, so let's talk a little bit about the good. I know he played OK. And maybe, again, maybe the stats didn't show it, but I think this year will be the best version of Sean Clifford now after we saw him there in week one. The arm looked strong. The footwork was spot on. I thought you could tell again he knew where he wanted to go with the football, getting his eyes in the right spot. He was confident he made Tom. I think the best throw I've ever seen him make. And it was to Lambert Smith in the third quarter. Um, he's looking downfield. He gets a little pressure in front. What does he do? He steps back. He resets back with depth, which isn't easy to do. Mm -hmm. And such a quick release to get the football out of his hands and to put the ball where he did with such accuracy. It's not easy, Tom. And that and that's the first time I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, this, you know, this kid's got it, man. That's a throw that you'll see on Sundays. Yeah, I liked, um, again, coming back to the first half, uh, the offensive line did not play well in the first half especially, and then in the second half, they they seemed to get it together, but that appeared to be more of an adjustment by Mike Yursich, who, again, another person we've talked about at length, you were thrilled to see adjustments happening in the second half because last year and the year before that, it was just, nope, this is what we do, and we're going to continue this offensive strategy until we're blue in the face. Um, I liked to see the completions five uh, to Jahan Dotson, four to Lambert Smith, four to Parker Washington, five to Noah Kane, who had 13 touches overall and a pretty solid game, really breaking out more in the second half. Um, you know, Tom, Tom and I, yeah, I, don't mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, I want to get this point in. You know, they're not here's what when they get behind the sticks, they're not going to be a very good football team this year. Right. I, I it's and what I mean by that is second and ten, third and nine, third and ten. Right now they get into manage. They need to get into manageable third downs moving forward here, at least until they get more and more comfortable here with this offense. And I'm sure we'll get there, you know, with what they did in the second half adjustments, um, which they, but they started to do that on the early downs, started to get yards, get positive yards um, on those rundowns. But. Yeah. The, and it didn't really seem who they uh, had at running back mattered in the first half. Noah Kane, uh, Devin Ford and Kevon Lee all got time. Kevon Lee's got to go down. Uh, he, he was, he was, he was trying to be a hero there with a lot of different plays where it was like, man, you're losing seven yards, just lose seven yards and not make it 15. So there are a handful of problems like that. Um, you could see the way McLoin, uh, or you could see the way that Clifford, <laughs> yeah, that's me, that's me, that's you. Yeah, you played quarterback. That's right. Um, you could see the way that Clifford, and, and to the point you were making before, he just seemed calmer. It was a very similar circumstance to last year. Not nearly as bad, but the offensive line, he wasn't getting a ton of time. Great pressure from Wisconsin. All the credit to the Badgers uh, front seven and that defense. But Clifford just seemed calmer. He wasn't throwing into traffic. He wasn't making boneheaded decisions. On top of that, he was intentionally running 
far less than we saw last mm-hmm. season. So there was at one point in the second half where he did a run pass option and he just took it himself up the middle for about seven yards. And I was like, see, I love that. That four or five times a game as opposed to 10, 15 times a game, that's going to protect your quarterback. And it's a little wrinkle that Wisconsin just wasn't ready for. And it just helps Penn State move the ball in the appropriate time. So I thought Clifford looked very solid. You're not thrilled about his completion percentage. He was at about 50% at half, ends at about 54%. You get a bunch of the, the, the yardage on some big chunk plays to Jahan Dotson. You can live with that. It was his ability to hang in there and adapt with what he knew uh, the offensive line was capable of. And then Yursich, again, everything started moving to the outside because everything was all bottled up in the box. The seven, uh, the front seven of the Wisconsin Badgers and Jack Sanborn and Nick Herbig and company were kicking the tar out of Penn State's mm-hmm. offensive line. So for them to finally go deep and to use the perimeter, it's something you and I have been talking about a lot. Don't throw the ball 10 to 15 yards and just live there and then run up the A and B gap. Things were going to the C gap. Things were going deep down the field well outside the hashes. So it, it just looked refreshing. I don't know. That's the way I took it. Yeah, you know, you're right. And you mentioned Clifford running the football, right? I mean, when he runs a football, man, less is more. You know what I mean? And uh, you mentioned Keevon Lee. And, you know, uh, certainly there was a, wasn't a ton of push up front, right? Nowhere to go, no, nowhere to run the football. And, Tom, what begins to happen with your running backs when that happens? This is what Keevon Lee was doing. You're trying to do too much. You're trying to run across the field. You're trying to run back rather than just trying to get north and south for one yard or maybe two yards, you're really forcing the issue. And what I loved, what they did, not running the ball well in the first half. What do you do, Tom? You go on, you go on a halftime and you regroup. Okay, what can, work, what can work for us? How can we get a few yards on this first and 10, on this second and eight here when we can't run the ball? You go to the swing passes. You go to the quick routes to Parker Washington on early downs. You start to pick up the pace of your offense a little bit here. Let's try to get this Wisconsin defense thrown off a little bit, man. Let's try to confuse them. Let's try to get up and go play fast, man, before their hands are in the dirt, before these linebackers are set and ready to play. I mean, it gets to the point, Tom, where you stop trying to call the perfect play and call a play live with it, and make it work. Um, And when you start throwing those bubbles, those swing passes, those one-step smoke routes to the outside time, it forces the defense to spread out, right? There's no more cheating towards the box to help and run support. You now have to respect the bubbles, respect the slip screens, and that those one-step smoke routes to the outside that I just talked about. uh, That's what opens up the run game and that was a fantastic job by, by, by Mike Yurchich going forward. And that's what helped Noah Kane become so explosive in the second half. Yeah, uh, Noah really found his legs, it seemed like. And again, they were getting him out in space. So that really, really was positive to see. Um, I want to ask you about uh, what it's like being in a locker room like that at halftime. <laughs> um, it was nothing, nothing. The Penn State offense had four consecutive three and outs. Time of possession was widely in the favor of the Wisconsin Badgers. They were just pummeling the Penn State defense, but it was bend but not break. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on what it's like to be in that sort of locker room and ask you a little bit more about guys like Jaquan Brisker and company. But before we get to that, I have some exciting news because our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com 
football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe B L E A V football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com. They've got survivor pick them as well. And a cool sports book style concept called build your bankroll playactionpools.com. Your new home for all your office sports pools. And since Penn state football season is here, Tom, and the home opener is this week against ball state, the best place for you to get started is the student bookstore. The Big Blue on the Corner has a great selection of apparel and gifts and everything you need to get your tailgate roaring. We have cups, plates, tablecloths, napkins, serving trays. If it's blue and white, you can find it at SBS. There's always something going on at SBS. Every home football Sunday from 11 a.m. to 11.45 a.m., the Nittany Lion We'll be at SBS signing autographs and posing for pictures. Stop by SBS and meet college football's greatest mascot. Extended open hours during football weekends and always open on the web at thestudentbookstore.com. All of us involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. And we invite you to join this fantastic community of Penn State students, alumni, and friends at the annual THON 5K, powered by PNC. The event will take place on Sunday, October 10th. This year's theme for the event will be Illuminate the Journey, with both in-person and virtual races taking place. Last year, during the virtual THON 5K, powered by PNC, THON volunteers and supporters from across the country collectively ran over 57,000 miles in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about THON, the 5K event, or to donate, visit THON.org. That's T-H-O-N dot O-R-G. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. All right, Matt. So let's say you weren't in Rutgers, unfortunately in New Jersey, uh, for the game you were calling. And let's say that Matt McGloin had been a fly on the wall in Camp Randall at halftime for the Penn State and the Lions in the locker room. It's nothing, nothing. It's been a relatively dreadful first half. What does that feel like? You kind of walk into the locker room, Tom, and you're like, that was fast. Like, that was fast. You know what I mean? Like, that was a fast half of football, and we did absolutely nothing. And you know things aren't going, going well. Everybody knows things aren't going well. So the last thing you can do is start pointing fingers at one another or start, you know what I mean, start going down that route. You can't do that. You need to start to look for answers. You have to regroup. You have to take a breath and say, okay, what didn't work for us? What did we have a little bit of success with in that first half? You get up on the, the dry erase board, 
talk to your quarterback talk coach talk to your offensive coordinator and say okay hey here's what i like here's what i'm seeing here's what i think can work for us moving forward right it's all about communication hey o line what are they doing that's giving you guys trouble right now and what can i do as a quarterback that's going to help you you know i mean you talk to your wide receivers hey man how 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 how's the coverage out there you know can you get away with a go route here can you get away with a deep cross what about a big post how you feeling about that you know what i mean it's all positive communication um and they and it seems like they did that they made the adjustments and look obviously james franklin's talked about that all the time how they're a second half football team and i think with the knowledge and experience of mike yurchich you know you kind of had a sense they were going to be able to put it together there um you know and and they did that man yeah unlike the offenses of the last 2 years there was there, there were blatant adjustments made in the second half, mm-hmm. and that was why Penn State was able to win the game, at least from an offensive standpoint. Um, I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball because you mentioned you're in there at half. You know, things maybe don't feel that great. You feel like you got punched in the mouth. First game of the season, um, guys like Arnold Ebiketti had gone into the locker room with an injury late in the first half. Jaquan Brisker. The guy was being held together by duct tape, it seemed like, but he was in and out of the game, I want to say, four or five times. And it's that type of leadership that it seems like really held Penn State together. Ellis Brooks as well, and a slew of other guys on the defense. What did you make specifically of the effort of Jaquan Brisker in this victory? I mean, how tough. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. How tough is that guy? And it's not... Uh, the ability to to show up on every single play, not just in the pass game, man, but in run support as well. Um, and and in a game like that, it, you know, I think he was down what three times, yeah, right, three times he was down. And uh, you just know, man, when when you have a talent like that and a veteran like that and a guy that's played a ton of football in a game and in an atmosphere like that, nothing is going to take him off the football field. You know what I mean? Like he he just has that mindset. He has that mentality, man. And, you know, he, he's one of the best in the country, you know, there. And you mentioned, you know, the defense in the locker room, man. And again, believe me, everybody knows how long that defense was on the football field for in the first half. They got crushed mm-hmm. in the time of possession. Right. Yep. And as an offense and like as a quarterback, I can't tell you how hard that is to know, like you're not doing your job, you know, that you're struggling. And you know the de- like the defense, they can't continue to be on the field that long. You know what I mean? So you do everything you can as an offense to try to pick up the defense. Say, hey, let's go, man. We're going to get this together here. We're going to pick you guys up here um, in the second half, man. And, uh, you know, again, they did that, man. And, you know, we, we, we talked about it. There's no way they should have won this football game. But, you know, when you create turnovers and you don't turn it over, it makes winning and losing so simple. What made it complicated was the kicking game. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Stout did not have the greatest day of his career. Um, obviously made one field goal, uh, made uh, uh, and then missed another one from, I think, about 23 yards or something. It was a chip shot and then missed a PAT. Um, if you're James Franklin and company, what's the thought on this heading back to State College? I don't think it's anything right now because you won. You know what well, I mean? Well, you won, but now the the point that was uh, brought up during the, the the broadcast is that Jake Pinneger did make the trip. He was in pads. I don't know if there's an injury that hasn't been disclosed or maybe a disciplinary thing. Who knows? But there's plenty of people saying, okay, why is Stout out there if Pinniger's right there? 
you know, I, I think he's he look he's he's been a guy that's been there for a while now. He's got a ton of experience. He, he can just have an off day, you know. And if they lost, that's what we would be talking about right now. You know what I mean? But they won, and unfortunately, winning hides things like that. So I I'm assuming you know we're going to see him again this week if it, if it starts to become a problem. You know what I mean? If he's missing more and more, um, you know, then I think they'll address it. But I, I don't see them having somebody else kick right now. I, I he, yeah. He'll still be the guy moving forward. The positive thing, Ball State is not a juggernaut. Um, we're we're going to get to them in a couple of seconds here. But um, you've got that game to maybe figure some things out if you do want to try and get both guys in there or just at least take this week and then the week leading up to Auburn as two weeks of practice to maybe continue the competition. You have that luxury. Um, the The one big thing that I took away from it that was really positive to see from this game was the overall game management, Matt, felt better, and I wanted to see what you thought because there was a very questionable timeout, burning the second timeout so late in the fourth quarter to maybe try and prevent Wisconsin from um, scoring too quickly or burning too much clock. It was odd timing, but outside of that, you didn't see the two-point conversions just willy-nilly. You didn't see going for it on every fourth and short. This just seemed like a much more measured offensive mindset. What do well, you think? There was a fourth down. They went for it. Right. There uh, was, right. But there but, was only one. That's my point. Yeah. Last year and the year before, they'd have gone for it four times in a game. Yeah. You know, I can see Mike, Mike Yurchich being a more vocal offensive coordinator than maybe some of the guys they've had in the past there. You, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, he seems like somebody that's going to be like, hey, this is what's going to work for us. This is what we have to do. We don't need to go for it here on fourth down. You know, I'll be able to make that decision when that presents itself. You know what I mean? I think he has, a, I think he has a pretty good feeling. Um, of situational football, you know, where they're at in the game, you know, first, second, third, fourth quarter, wherever it may be, how the game is progressing, how they're doing as an offense. You know, a lot of that stuff determines, Tom, whether you're going to go for two or whether you're going to go for it on fourth or whether you're going to punt it away. Um, in a game like that, field position is huge. You know what I mean? We talked about it last week's uh, episode, reserve the right to punt the football. If all both offenses are struggling, man, and you want to go three and out, punt it away punt it down, pin them down far and, and play the field position battle. But you're right. It gained, the game management was that much better. Um, you know, and oh, before before we go on to Ball State, I want to mention, um, you know, uh, Noah Kane, because I know we we wanted mm. to, we wanted to talk about his performance and what he did. And I want to start with the 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 deep touchdown pass there they do they go play action quick fake you know uh, what does he do they fake to him he goes left what does he do he doubles back and picks up picks up a blitzing linebacker again that's the stuff that goes unnoticed heck of a job by him Tom and you know it, it gets to a point in the game where everybody's looking around and everybody's thinking to themselves someone needs to step up mm -hmm. who's it gonna be and it was Noah Kane. Right. I mean, the burst they got from him in the fourth quarter, it gives you so much confidence as an offense to be able to do that throughout the course of the game and and throughout an important drive. And it takes the pressure off of a quarterback when you can get a big explosive run like that. It's like, thank you. Thank you. This is what we needed. <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for, man. Uh, you know, and that's what we expected to see from this kid back um, and, and, and back with him being healthy. 
Now, great to see Noah Kane uh, doing his thing. Great to see Keandre Lambert-Smith step mm-hmm. up, four catches for 71 yards. Um, Parker Washington was exactly what Penn State needed him to be. And then we all know who number five is. Jahan Dotson easily could have walked away with 200 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns um, had it not been for, I believe, an overthrow by Sean Clifford. But as Joel Clapp pointed out, better that he underthrew him on one big completion and he nailed him for the touchdown obviously you know, but you know uh, tom so- uh i want to yeah i mean it was only a matter of time before he got going right jihad dotson I mean, he's such a weapon to have you know when when you have that deep threat that that can change the game in one play and again he should have had another one but 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 the overthrow and i compare him to you know the like a, like a garrett wilson or a chris olave at ohio mm. state you know what i mean you're just you're waiting you're waiting for the big play because you know at any point in time their speed and their explosiveness can change the game that fast. And uh, you know, look, looking at Penn State now, you know, as a team, being able to see them against one of the better teams um, in the nation, like I'm not ready to put them in AT&T Stadium yet or Hard Rock Stadium yet, right? Because yeah. I don't think they're that good yet. But no, let's chill. Yeah, but getting exactly, yeah. <laughs> But but getting this win certainly was a big start. A lot of optimism for the Penn State fan base and for everybody in the Lash building. Um, so that brings us to the home opener, first home opener uh, with fans since 2019. Very excited about this. So this Saturday, the 11th uh, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern as of right now. You know how they just love to change these start times, but it should still be 3.30 Eastern uh, <laughs> on FS1 uh, Penn State hosts ball state um you've lived this what are those home openers like well it's hard to even describe do you know what i mean tom and especially now that you haven't had a full crowd in over a year i mean you have to think the fans and the students are just as excited as these players to take the field man and uh there's so much emotion and so much energy in that environment and you know you get you ride the blue bus over on game day man and the signs you see and the support and every you see people running and just flocking to the buses, you know, driving up to the stadium, man. And, you know, you get in the locker room and and I, I, it's it's you run out the tunnel, man, and it's just everything opens up and it's a sea of white. And it's just it's you just you can't help but at least look up for a second. You know what I mean? Because you're dialed right. in, you're focused, you're trying to stay calm, you're trying to control your emotions. Um, but man, if you just if you're a player, just take a look up for a second or two, and just enjoy that moment because mm. you, you, even like that playing in Beaver Stadium, you know, even playing in like the Horseshoe or playing in Camp Randall, man, you don't get those environments all the time in the NFL. Those are some of the best environments in all of football, man, and uh, it's a special, special moment. Uh, you're giving me chills thinking about it. I've been on the field. <laughs> I've been on the field once at Beaver Stadium. I had the opportunity to be a part of the uh, group holding the American flag, and like I wasn't even doing anything. I was like, "This is so cool! This is the greatest thing ever!" So I can only imagine. Um, okay, so let's talk about this Ball State team. Um, you have been very complimentary of them. They won yeah. the MAC last year. This is not a oh, we scheduled blah 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 team for early in September mm-hmm. so we can get a cakewalk. This, uh, you would expect Penn State to win. Um, I don't know what the line is off the top of my head. But at the same time, 
this will be a test from Ball State. What do you like about the Cardinals overall? Yeah, well, look, Tom, first, I mean, I don't think this game becomes a trap game now, right? Had had they lost to Wisconsin, that's what we would be talking about right now, how big of a trap right. game this is. Um, this team, this Ball State team, is certainly trending in the right direction under Mike New, right? Coming off the best season in program history, reigning MAC champs. I mean, the MAC is no joke. I mean, that is a good, solid conference right there. They have this quarterback guy by the name of Drew Plitt. He can shoot it, man. He's played a lot of football at Ball State. He's in his third year as a starter right now. They've got these two wide receivers. They might be the best one-two punch at the wide receiver spot in all of the MAC conference. And uh, and Justin Tyler and Johannes Tyler, um, you know, and and they got this uh, this running back guy by the name of uh, Will Jones. You know, mm-hmm. averaged over five yards a carry in their Week One win. Um, oh, and Tom, this too. They have their entire offensive line returning, mm-hmm. right? And this defense is known to get takeaways. I think they led the MAC in takeaways last year, um, and they have the MAC Defensive Player of the Year and a guy by the name of Brandon and Brandon Martin. Man, so there's a ton of experience on this football team. A lot of players came back for another year to play at Ball State, man. So if you're sitting here now and you're a Penn State fan and you're thinking, man, this is just Ball State, you know. They're going to come in here. We're going to do whatever we want with them, and we're going to win, and we're going to roll over them, man. You're wrong. Like th- Again, Ball State, this is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is the game that they have the big red circle around thinking, this can change our program. This can change our season if we go out there and we beat a team like Penn State. You know, For Penn State, you have to get out to an early jump. Right, that there can't be any more slip ups. There can't be any more. We can wait to halftime to make adjustments because we know our defense is going to pick up, pick us up, or we're going to rely on turnovers throughout the course of this game. Right, you cannot let this Ball State team hang around. Um, again, if you struggle to run it, um, if you're struggling in pass pro, if you can't handle stunts and pressures up front, you're gonna be in a dogfight. You talk about the defense at Penn State. Um, are you concerned at all about health because? Um, Jaquan Brisker, as we mentioned, rough game against Wisconsin in terms of his health. Um, Jair Brown at one point was grabbing at his ankle, but did manage the uh, the game ceiling pick there at the end. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti, who was making a household name for himself with a block field goal in the first half, he was in and out of the locker room, uh, came back later in the second half and played well. Um, and then it's not a health issue, but Ellis Brooks misses the first half of the game. Do you have any concern about the defense? And if you're James Franklin, are you maybe sitting these guys if the game gets out of hand? If it gets out of hand, yeah, I, I think you're, you're, you've said to yourself, listen, if we were able to get up to a comfortable lead in this game, you know, late third, fourth quarter, let's start to pull these guys out. Let's start to get some guys in there to get them some experience, man. But you don't treat this game any differently than the Wisconsin game or the Auburn game or an Ohio State game or any other game, man. I mean, you're going in there expecting a battle expecting to win and you gotta you gotta do everything you can to get these guys healthy man um and if obviously look if obviously they're injured and they can't be 100 percent, then they shouldn't play right don't rush somebody back just to play them because you need them right it's mm-hmm. a long season um you know and that becomes at the point in time next man up mentality right um but i again man week one if you do see guys getting injured guys getting banged up man you know it, it definitely is a concern um but it's just that's what I mean. Look, that's what the week is for to see how guys yeah. are progressing, and and you should you should have a pretty good idea by probably Wednesday or, or Thursday latest if a guy's going to go Saturday. 
Yeah, and this is a very convenient matchup all of a sudden now that you've beaten Wisconsin because it feels like there's less pressure. It feels like all the momentum is Absolutely. on the side of the Nittany Lions. So if you can go 2-0 and and now you're rolling into the home Auburn game, confidence is at an all-time high. And if you can do it healthy, that's even better. Uh, we got a couple minutes left here. I got one more question for you. Um, offensively, we talked about <clears throat> your switching company making adjustments in the second half of Wisconsin. What do you want to see them start with against Ball State? I, I want them. I, I want Sean Clifford to have more options at the line of scrimmage. You know what? We talked about it earlier uh, in the show here about how he was able to pitch it out to Parker Washington on a bubble, or you know, you'll, you'll see motions across. If nobody adjusts, let him throw it out there, man. Just just give him more opportunities. If there's a loaded box, right? If there's seven guys in the box, if they start bringing a safety down and run support, let him just let him chuck it out to Jihad Dotson for four or five yards, man. That give that makes your defense honor that, right? They're thinking to myself, listen, if we load the box here. He's just going to dump it out to one of these guys on rundowns for three, four, five yards. We can't let that happen. And when you got Parker Washington, Jihad Dotson, Lambert Smith, guys that are explosive, guys that are good after the catch, you know what I mean? A, a big play can happen at any moment when you do something like that. All you have to do is make one man miss. So I'd like to see him have more options in the run game there, right? Not this is a run, call it and run a run. Give him an out somewhere. I'd like to see mm -hmm. that more early in this game very curious to see if they get the offensive line the the starting five figured out it seemed like they did wigan was pulled uh, eric wilson came in and played a substantial amount walker and wallace have to do better uh than what they did against wisconsin they were getting pressured a lot mike miranda um good game not his best game ever uh and then juice scruggs played well but still we had talked about okay could some guys be rotating in there mm -hmm. hopefully this is a week where you figure out who your front five are because the auburn tigers come calling yep. for a whiteout in two weeks so uh i'm excited i know you're excited this has been a great start to the season that i know you and i and a lot of penn state fans did not see coming so i hope all of you guys uh watching and listening uh thank you for tuning in and enjoy the game this saturday 3 30 on fs1 penn state versus ball state the home opener at beaver stadium and we'll see you next week on the pater podcast For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.